0: Welcome back to Chats, everyone, where we bring you insightful interviews chatting about all things spinal cord injury, from patient stories and experiences to clinical insights and tips, along with community perspectives when it comes to living with a spinal cord injury. We are your host, Uzer, aka Z Hamad and
1: Kristen Czat,
0: And we bring you this podcast through the American Physical Therapy Association's Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy Spinal Cord Injuries Special Interest Group. So we have a very, very special guest for you all to meet today. And um, today we will be talking to Robert Melia, also known as Bob. Bob is a loving father to two children, and he's an amazing husband to his loving wife. Bob is also the Spinal Cord Injury Network Coordinator in Orlando for Orlando Health. Formerly, he was involved with the Miami Project with researching and fundraising, a former advisory council member for the Department of Health for Brain and Spinal Cord Injury. He is the president of the Greater Orlando Spinal Cord Injury Network, which is a chapter of the United Spinal Cord Association. He is also the vice chair of Florida's Independent Living Council, along with the Transportation Disadvantaged Local Coordinating Board. We are so pleased he was willing to talk to us today about his journey from being a person newly living with a spinal cord injury to creating the successful and rewarding life he lives today.
1: So, Z and I have known Bob personally for quite some time. I've had the pleasure of working with Bob for the past almost 12 years through Orlando Health. And we're really grateful for all that Bob does for our local and statewide community of spinal cord injury clients. So we really, really appreciate you being here today, Bob, to talk with us. You're welcome. All right, Bob, so first let's start with, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. Jeez, I don't know, I don't know how I ended up here. When I left rehab, my brothers and I still joke that my famous words were, I'm never going back to a hospital again. And uh, now I'm here five or six days a week. I had a freak spinal cord injury after a training session, swam through a crashing wave, and it, it uh, supplicated C5 and C6. Went through months and months of inpatient rehab. Went through a couple years' worth of outpatient rehab while I was going back to school, returned to school after, after I discharged from inpatient moved to Miami uh, after a couple brutal winters of going to school up in Boston and realizing that it's much easier to attend and graduate when you're wearing shorts and t-shirts and not <laughs> not multiple layers of clothing so and not having to deal with snow and ice we found our way here to Orlando back in 99 and we've been here ever since
0: yeah i can imagine icy icy roads and sidewalks don't really work out well for anyone really would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about your injury, um, maybe about how old you were at the time, and a little bit about your initial experience or journey with uh, rehab?
2: Yeah, sure. Like like I said, I was in the middle of summer training, and after working out one morning, went to the beach and attempted to swim through a crashing wave on a beach that we had grown up on, and uh, felt a pop in my neck, and it was almost immediate that uh, the only thing I can and can give you an example of how it felt was it was pretty much like someone had control of a dimmer switch and they were just turning down the the power and uh, tried to stand up a couple times and that wasn't working and Then I tried to to roll over from side to side, and it seemed like every time I got close, the wave would, the next wave would kind of knock me back onto my face. So I held my my breath and um, realized that either my youngest brother or one of my good friends would realize something was up. We were at a public beach too. So my youngest brother swam over, rolled me over, and then called in the lifeguards and Went from a local community hospital to one of the big hospitals in Boston. And initially they tried traction and they put on a whole lot of weight eventually. And my vertebrae still weren't falling into alignment. So they decided to go in and they fused four, five, and six. And so I did... 10 days in intensive care and then I did months and months of inpatient rehab before I went home and when I went home shortly after I was not only doing outpatient rehab but I was doing I was back in school as well taking a couple classes each semester.
0: Wow thank you for sharing that listening to you kind of paint the picture there sounds like a pretty scary situation of course um would you mind commenting a little bit about how you felt when you first got home following your rehab stay?
2: Well, it it's different now and I, one of the reasons why I think I ended up here was because we had so many opportunities 30-plus years ago when you were in inpatient rehab. You were able to do home visits. You were able to do day visits. um, You even usually did one or two overnights at home to make sure things were were working. And if they weren't, you could bring them back, address them with the rehab team, and figure out how you were going to address an issue. That doesn't happen now. It's so difficult to listen to, to people In the industry, I talk about shortening lengths of stay. Knowing what I went through and others during my time, uh, we were set up to succeed. Here, now, 2022, it's, all right, we're going to set you up and we're going to help you try not to fail. The services aren't there. Lengths of stay, in my opinion, are a joke. You can't go from... You know the average person walking down the street, life is normal, yeah you know, everything's going well. You have something like a spinal cord injury. Mm-hmm. and then in a in a month, you're supposed to be better and you're supposed to be able to return to your life. Everything's turned upside down. You need those experiences. you need that time. And if your family isn't in the rehab business, isn't in the healthcare business um you're at a severe disadvantage.
1: So so let's fast forward. You're finishing college. What did you have what was the moment, the kind of aha moment where you're like okay, this is what I would like to do with my life. I want to I want to go back into the healthcare setting. Um what what did that feel like and what helped you to make that decision?
2: Uh, I was offered a job here at Orlando Health. Um, my degrees, my bachelor's degrees, my master's degrees are not in healthcare. They're in kind of business and uh, government. And I totally saw myself going down, you know, a, a business path working and contracting in state or federal government. When I moved up to Orlando with my girlfriend, now wife, I was. Um, offered different opportunities to to speak, to, to get involved with community organizations. And uh, I thought it would be a great opportunity to get to know Central Florida because neither my wife nor I are from this area. And through those connections in trying to help the then executive director of Lucerne, I didn't know she was really testing me out, vetting me for the job that I have now.
1: Very neat. One thing I've always enjoyed the most, Bob, with our time together as coworkers and as friends is you don't just identify the barriers. You identify the barriers and then immediately say, What's next? What are we gonna do to overcome that? So as you have seen this transition over years of your rehabilitation experience to now what you know, what you described earlier to us as just such a hard starting place with the short length of stays and things that insurance allows our, our clients. Um, tell me a little bit about how you really dove into all these different organizations that you are a part of to help give back and overcome those barriers.
2: Well, yeah, I, it usually comes from a position of realizing there's an issue, but then not just complaining about it, kind of figuring out what can be done, what can be done better, is it a policy or is it a process? And seeing the immediate need, but seeing the big picture as well. Mm-hmm. And I think just you know, letting people understand that I'm not someone that's going to be out there complaining. It's more of addressing an issue. Mm-hmm. And And when you get to that level with people, they're much more interested and willing to work with you.
1: As you identified, you know, some of these barriers, as you became such a integral part of our Central Florida community, tell me a little bit about kind of the the process or the steps that brought you from somebody with a brand new spinal cord injury, just trying to figure out how to live life, to the confidence that it takes to then get involved in all of these organizations and really take a a leading stance on how to move Forward an entire community in advocacy and and all of the services that are needed.
2: Well, for me, I was fortunate that I had a drill sergeant uh, mom who was you know wore multiple hats as a nurse. She would be brought into better kind of failing nursing programs. She edited textbooks. She worked with. and and that was kind of her passion. But then she became kind of the, at least in my world, world world-renowned spinal cord rehab nurse. Um, And there was a large aspect of being a drill sergeant. You know, things were black and white. I was not lying around in bed. Um, I was, you know, cathing every four hours, whether I was tired or not. If I was hanging out with friends, I better still be doing pressure reliefs because I had said it and she was holding me to it. I wasn't going back into the hospital if if I could help it. And so between my mom knowing everything and knowing all my doctors, I was very fortunate. She also had my dad who ran construction companies and had the house practically done by the time I got home. And whatever mom said, you know it happened so i was very fortunate that that i had parents like that and in not having the option to hang out and stay home and lie in bed uh and going back to school whether i wanted to or not kind of forced me through that time when you think everyone's looking at you you go to the mall everyone's looking at you you go to the first game I went to professional game was a, a Bruins hockey game mm-hmm. and I think it was somewhere in the middle of the game second period when I realized the fans were there to watch them. <laughs> the eyes weren't on me and uh, and it kind of was that light bulb going off that if I wanted to do something I could do it and people in the mall were shopping they weren't looking for me. Mm-hmm. people at a at a Bruins game, they were watching the Bruins. They weren't looking at me. And that made made it a lot easier to, to go out. And I also had great younger brothers who were super supportive, um, even though it, w- I knew it was difficult for them. And I had friends who some I'm, I still talk to on a weekly basis 50-something years later. And I went to elementary school with that, that I knew before kindergarten. So I had a great support system. And, and that allowed me, even with being the only kid that's ever had a spinal cord injury from my town, or at least up until then, and being kind of known for something else now, getting that confidence, being forced to do things, whether I wanted to or not, that gives me the confidence now with that history, with that personal knowledge, that when we have a patient that isn't living up to his or her potential... I don't mind being the bad cop. Yeah, I've never yelled at anyone. But, you know, I can do it with either jokes or sarcasm or just looking them straight in the eye and going, it's your choice. It's your life. You know, it's your injury. People are going to come and go. You have to decide what you want to do.
0: Bob, you know, when I think of you and all of the amazing things that you've accomplished and what you've been able to do for Orlando's spinal cord injury program and all those facets, the one thing that always comes to my mind is the quote, you can't be what you can't see. And um, I feel the role more than, you know, processes of things that you do, what you're able to provide patients is exactly that, right? They can see the other side of the tunnel. And you also mentioned, right, that you had um, a support system. Your mom was a rock star. Your dad already had the house built before you got home. What advice would you have for um, some of those folks that don't have that support and are just really struggling to stay motivated or don't want to get out of bed and all that?
2: Yeah, no, it's, and that's one of the things that keeps me coming back here is because, yeah, there are dark days, you know? And and personally, I think I've been fortunate to have either had people in my life or meeting people Mm -hmm. since my accident, well, both before and after, that have been either mentors, Mm -hmm. uh, intentionally or unintentionally, Mm -hmm. and the connections that I've made with them and, and through them to meet others. I was super fortunate. And, you know, there are tough times. There are people that are willing to help. You just have to kind of meet them halfway. Sometimes it's not even meeting them halfway. It's just acknowledging that there's an issue, acknowledging you need help. And, you know, we'll find a way to
0: to resolve the issue.
2: We may not solve it, but we'll figure it out and we'll find an alternative.
0: Very nicely said, Bob. I'm a big believer in there's no barrier which we can't overcome, especially when we work together as a community. I do want to ask, so for physical therapists who are currently working with spinal cord injured clients or wanting to work with SCI clients, if you could speak a little bit about the, the best way to go about building a therapeutic alliance and a bond to facilitate success with our clients and really, you know, encourage them to keep moving forward even during the tougher times.
2: Yeah, I think for anyone, whether you have experience or, or you're a new Physical therapist, yeah, I think your trust or obtaining the patient's trust comes a lot easier when you meet them at their level or at least try to meet them at their level, you know, depending on where you work here at Orlando Health, you know, we get everyone under the sun. We get the super wealthy and we get the people that are here illegally and everyone in between. And and we treat them all the same. We try to get them as many services as we can, doesn't matter who they are, but trying to make them feel comfortable when their world is upside down, meeting them, maybe having similar interests or rivalries in professional or college sports, you know figuring out what their interests are and, and connecting with them builds a bond that will eventually include trust and you may be able to push them farther than than they would normally because the, they are realizing they're not alone and I think that can go a long way.
1: Well, Bob, thank you so much for talking with us today, and we really appreciate the insight that you have given us. Wherever you go, you have the gift of creating a community around you for all of those clinicians and all of those living with spinal cord injury and their families. So that wonderful family that you were born into by luck, you have provided to everyone in the community that you live in. So I do want to add in our show notes that we will put Bob's um, contact information. If anyone has any questions about how to maybe get involved in their community and create or be a part of local resources, wherever it is that you live, um, we will make sure that Bob's information is in there. So he would love to give you maybe some one-on-one time um, to have a conversation. But again, Bob, we appreciate it so much and everything that you do for our Florida community as a whole.
2: Oh, you're more than welcome. This wasn't anything I was planning to do 30 something years ago, but it's, it's happened and it's been rewarding. So I guess you have choices in the world and I sleep well at night knowing what I do and hoping that I, I help people that
0: need it. Bob, thank you again so much for taking the time to join us today and share your story and your journey, um, throughout life, living with a spinal cord injury. Kristen and I have been so inspired working with you and speaking with you today, and I'm sure our listeners are just as inspired as well. Speaking of our listeners, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Kristen and I are so excited for the future of this show, and we look forward to bringing you guys episodes just like this although there is only one Bob, but we will continue to bring you guys episodes from those living with a spinal cord injury in the community. And we look forward to expanding your understanding of patients living with a spinal cord injury. And guys, your support always means so much and is much appreciated. So if you're enjoying these episodes, uh, please leave a comment or review and share with someone who you think would benefit from these discussions as well. Until next time, our friends. Stay dedicated to creating a world where those living with spinal cord injury can succeed and thrive.